Blog Talk Radio. Hello? Well, the next music has got to come. the Lena Nelson Dooley Show on the Along Came a Writer Blog Talk Radio Network. I'm your host, Lena Nelson Dooley, and today I'm visiting with Matilda Novak, who is who is a new friend of mine. Um, her bio, she's from Humble Beginnings, narrating real estate and auto shows on local cable television. She, her pursuit of voiceover led to a few decades in L.A., and subsequent experience in nearly every facet of the industry. She has enjoyed working with top audiobook producers as well as clients of all kinds across the country and around the world. A member of the World Voices Organization and narrator with Audiobook Publishers Association, Matilda narrated her first book in 2000 and made her directorial debut with Earphones award-winning Pushkin and the Queen of Spades. Uh, Matilda, I've, okay, I've done local uh, advertising voiceover here in the Dallas-Fort uh-huh. Worth Metroplex. Uh, not, not a lot, but some. Uh, I had, had a friend who was a, who was a, a commercial producer, and uh, I do have a background in uh, drama and uh uh, some radio television and things I like that. I saw that. So, I actually I saw that um, on your on your um, website when I was checking you out. That is very yeah. cool. So yeah, because it said you you have um, worked in acting and voiceover and um, let's see what else. I I remember uh, being impressed that you are on a board that has to do and your screenwriting. Your there was some yes. kind of something that I read about you. That is yes. I I like we're you. Very, <laughs> we're very. We're very close to uh, production on our first film. That's so cool. Uh, That's matter so of fact, cool. we have congratulations. Yeah, we have a, a board of directors meeting this afternoon at five. <laughs> so I had this, oh, and wow. then I have have that. And our our board of directors meetings at this point are on the phone because we have par- our team are in Georgia, in Pennsylvania. <laughs> And we had a guy in oh, Oklahoma, wow. but he's, he's moved here to the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex, not too far from where I live. But God had put this team together, and, and uh, it's real exciting. But we're not here to talk oh, about is. me. We're yeah, here to talk well, about I, you. <laughs> okay, uh, but I just think that is amazing and wonderful, and I am cheering you on. I totally am cheering you on. Oh, thank you. Pray for us. You know. Uh, I will. You know how hard the enemy fights to keep christian films from being made you know that you've yeah. been you've been in the yeah. business long enough to understand that well how did yep. you get 
started in narrating books? Well, um, I, I'm, I was thinking about, you know, I can't remember whether it was a friend of mine named Jennifer Pager who has done voiceover for millions of years or in a conversation that I had with a gentleman named Frank Muller, who was a hugely well-known household name narrator. Um, I think it was Mr. Muller, but, um, and he was in a motorcycle accident some years ago, and he has um, unfortunately passed away. But one of the two of them advised me to um, go to the Braille Institute. I lived in Los Angeles at the time, and, and they said, why don't you just try that out? Try recording stuff there and see um, cool. see how that works <laughs> for you. And and what happened, yeah, I I would, uh, the first thing I did was they asked me, what kind of things are you interested in reading? You know, because people would make requests. And I mentioned that I was interested in uh, things of a religious nature and, you know, and, and anything, you know, just fiction, nonfiction, whatever, but specifically some of these things. And I was requested to do a book by Charles Spurgeon, which was wow. exceedingly edifying for me because I'd never read Charles Spurgeon, but I actually got like a thank you note. And down the road from somebody else, like a fan letter, and I started to think, this is really fun, and I think I can do this, and I would love to do this professionally. And wow. after, yeah, I, yeah, so that's pretty much in my memory of, and my memory is kind of foggy these days, but, <laughs> but that's pretty much Join the club. Was. It was either Jennifer, yeah, oh, thanks, that makes me feel better, <laughs> but either Jennifer or, or, um, or Mr. Muller said, why don't you just go there and, you know, volunteer and, and, and see, see if you even like it. And I did. I loved it. I, and I, it takes a certain amount of stamina too, to, you know, a lot of, yeah. you said you had, um, you had experience doing commercial work. Well, a 30 second yeah, spot. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's, a, that's, that's like, a, that's a completely different critter. <laughs> you know? I've had people tell me, you know, why don't you narrate your own books? Because uh, I've, I've, when I read aloud for, um, like, if I'm if I'm at a, an event where I share some of my book for some reason, mm-hmm. you know, and they'll say, mm-hmm. well, why don't you narrate your own books? And I think, I mean, I would probably, I probably would, if I had access to the studio equipment and things like that. And and at this point in time, I do not. Uh, I, you know, I had a friend who did, and so I had her do part of it, uh, do one, but. uh, Well, you know, I, I, and with your background, you probably could. Yeah. I love narrating the, the narrators. Mm -hmm. I love a narrator who can understand your story and who can put, the feeling in that needs to be put in, and then I want one right. who can do good voices. And I understand you really work on your voices quite well. So how oh, thank you. how <laughs> how do you decide on the voices? Well, um, first of all, you know you go with what's written. You go with the things the author tells you. The author. Authors, you're an author. You you give all kinds of clues and hints, and you say things outright, like he had a gravelly voice, or you know she had a whispery, soft, gentle, whatever. You go with things like that, and then um, in terms of the main characters, one thing that I think is absolutely vital and certainly helps me is the lead female 
um, depending mm-hmm. on how old she is. If she's in my age range, um, she's going to sound a heck of a lot like me. <laughs> you know, I mean, just, yes. you know, given what the, the distinguishing characteristics that the author puts in there. But in in terms of range, she's going to be as close to my range as possible. And the lead uh, male, unless he's been given a really deep voice, you know, he's he has to be somewhere in my range that I can comfortably reach because he's going to be talking more than anyone else. The two of them, yes. I keep as close to me as I can, you know, and then side characters, yeah. you know, you, you know, and depending on how big of a cast it is in one book that I did, um, when sparrows fall and I, forgive me, I can't think of the author's name at the moment, but it was a good book and it was Christian fiction also. And the, the youngest character was about two and the eldest character was oh around a hundred. And I think oh, oh, that was so cool. That's, you know, that's one of the things that I so love about doing this too, is that I'm everybody as an actor. It's a dream yes. come true. <laughs> you're, you're the people you'd never yes. be cast as. <laughs> you know? uh, I, one of my narrator, the first narrator I had, um, mm-hmm. she did really good on the first book. And then I had her do a second book. And for, uh, for, they, they were in different um, uh, places, you know, in the, their, mm-hmm. their locations were different. And so, they would have different kinds of voice, you know, kinds of of speaking, and sure, she she nailed the heroine. But when she did the hero, when she, you know, when she, you know, they do a mm-hmm. uh, a sample for you, and and when she yes. did the hero, he sounded like an old man, <laughs> and she said, Uh-oh. "Well, I guess." She said, I guess my age is catching up with me because evidently she's a much older lady. And uh, so, uh, but she did work it out. Uh, well, that's but, good because, you know, that that's so important as a narrator. And when you're, when you're bringing someone's book to life, you've been entrusted with that to, you know, to give them a voice. And it's, boy, you know, I really... That's that's one of my top concerns is making sure even you know I mean everyone's going to hear things differently I mean I think I think uh-huh. maybe a writer hears the characters in their head a certain way and then there you go and you give them a voice and that's maybe not at all the voice they had in mind but please God let let it be close you know <laughs> at, yeah. least, at least on the main characters you know um, well now there's different kinds of authors and there are authors mm-hmm. who will sit down and plot out every scene from the beginning of the book to the end. I have a friend in Canada who's a real good mm-hmm. friend, and that's what she does. She, wow. she plots every single scene. Now, I am what is called a seat-of-the-pants author. And only uh, over these years I've been writing, I'm, I'm not quite as far seat-of-the-pants because I – I do some, uh, like I'll do a timeline and turn the timeline into chapters. You know, this has to happen here, and the, mm-hmm. just it's just a yeah. word or just a phrase. Uh, but with the seat of the pants author, once they tell the book, they don't want to tell it again. So they don't plot. I mean, we plot in our head, like plotters write out on paper. You know, I have mm-hmm. a book percolate in my head for quite a while before I ever put sit down at the keyboard, you know, and start writing. 
Does it ever that, turn out? Does it ever take a turn that you don't expect? Because that's what oh I would my think goodness. would happen. Oh my goodness! Yes, um, my my uh, longest book I wrote was a historical that was at um, ninety eight thousand words. Uh, at that time, wow. mm-hmm. I started out. I started out writing it for a particular uh, editor I had met at conference, a American Christian Fiction mm-hmm. Writers Conference, and she knew what the story was. Um, and but it took me a while to write it, and they were wanting things between around ninety thousand words at that time. Okay. And it took me quite a while, and then when my agent sent, but she, it was real funny. I'd been published, oh my gosh, probably thirty five times by then, wow. or more. <laughs> but she wanted. I mean, I knew her. We we visited at conference. We I picked her up at the at the airport one time. I mean, it was just, but she uh-huh. did not want she did not want to look at it until the complete manuscript was written, which was crazy, wow. you know. But yeah. anyway, I would, so I wrote it, and then when we sent it to her, when she looked at the synopsis, you know, when you sent you have the synopsis on top. Yeah. She read mm-hmm. the synopsis and contacted my agent and said, "I don't want a story where a widow has has a happy ending." And we were going, "Where did that come from?" Because she knew that was what the story was. It was a. It Who was doesn't a, like a happy ending? Who doesn't like yeah. a happy ending? First of all, I'm sorry. That's well, like I think the she whole... she didn't want the widow. I think, but. The story was about widow. It was about a marriage of convenience in the old west, uh-huh. you know. Now, with that book, uh, of course, I pray a lot when I'm writing. And about two-thirds of the way through that book, God turned it into a suspense novel. It was not a suspense That's novel. That's so cool. But he See, turned it, I think- and it was, it was wonderful because I got to use some um, – a little bit deeper spiritual kind of things, you know, where his wife, uh, he he didn't know where his wife was, and the person who knew where his wife was, the kidnapper, uh, killed himself, mm-hmm. and she he needed to find his wife, and and uh, God revealed to him through a little bit of supernatural things. How to find that her. That is so cool. That, is yeah. cool. that actually sounds D. Henderson-like to me. <laughs> I've read some of her stuff, and they were suspenseful. There was, a, there was, you know, which I like, you know. But yeah. I love the fact that, that you don't map it all out because I think I think if I were going to write, it would definitely be seat of the pants. And then it's more open that way. And I don't know. I just like the idea of, of you have this idea, and, and then it, you head in a certain direction, and then – Something happens yeah. and it's unexpected and it's fabulous and it's like not what you had in mind. But hey, I mean, where does creativity come from anyway, right? That's a God thing. Yeah. God. And not that yeah. not the people who map everything out can't be totally creative, but I, it just seems to me like if you if you tried to map out every last step, I don't know. I don't know. I just can't wrap my head around. Well, around, plotters you know, do going, that though. People who are plotters, who do the plot, mm-hmm. they do that. They can't. They can't even imagine sitting down and just writing. Now, see, I I don't really 
I know my characters, but I don't really know my characters till two or three chapters in. And then yeah. I can, you know, I, that kind of thing. But this book, uh, it was indie published through my uh, literary agency, my, my agent. Uh, mm-hmm. Amazon had offered a, uh, we had sent it to, well, we sent it to one publisher, and I know they didn't read it because they said it needs this and it doesn't it doesn't have this. And it was all in there. I thought, nobody read this. They just scanned <laughs> some of it. But anyway, mm. in the, but now I do know that if God wants a certain publisher to publish a book, they will publish it. And if he doesn't, mm-hmm. That's fine, you know, and that's fine with me. I've come, I've come to grips with that, and it's it's wonderful. We we find, uh, but we went ahead and uh, published it through the agency, so it was an indie published, and mm-hmm. uh, it. Let's see, that I'm trying to think. I don't think that one's been made into a, a audio book yet. Audio book. Yeah, I don't hmm. think we've done an audio book of that one. I'll have to look and see. Well, maybe you can I would consider sending a manuscript. <laughs> okay, I would consider that. Or, or uh, something, so, something, something that you love or something that you'd really yeah. like to have in audio. I'd love to read your work. I have not ever read anything of yours, and, and forgive me for that. But the, about the only time I do what I call outside reading is if I, ha- if I have a project, then I have to read it. Yay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then I yeah. have time. Yeah. I'll send you a book. We'll we'll email and I'll get your address. I would be glad to do that. Uh all right. But anyway, I entered it in the Faith, Hope and Love Reader's Choice Award, which is the biggest uh-huh. Reader's Choice Award in Christian publishing. And it finaled and the other two oh, that's books, excellent. Yeah. There were three finalists in each category and this was long historical. And Mm-hmm. The other two books were published by Bethany, and you know who Bethany is, right? Yes, Beth- yes, I've heard that. Bethany, that is, the, Be- Bethany is the publishing yeah. house every fiction author wants to be published by. Oh, they've, okay. The other two were Bethany They've rejected and you. a number of the- books of mine, mm-hmm. but and I didn't think. I mean, I, there was no way in, on this earth that I could win that. And I just praised God for giving me the opportunity to, to be a finalist with two Bethany books. I mean, I would just yeah. go around praising him and this kind of thing. And um, I got a phone call from the lady who ran the contest. Uh, it was announced at the RWA conference. And I wasn't sure when it was. I just knew it was in July. And uh, she called me on a on a Thursday. And mm-hmm. uh, she said, I don't, I thought she must have had a, a question to ask me, you know. And she said, I don't know if you heard who the winners were at the at the uh, banquet last night. And it hit me, they don't call the losers. <laughs> and I, I said, Nancy, you're, you're not calling me to tell me I'm a winner, are you? And she said, yes, I am. And I just burst out bawling. Oh, I won sure. yep. over two oh. Bethany books. <laughs> oh, wow. So, well, congratulations, Lena. That is a big, huge, gigantic, enormous yeah. deal. Good yeah, for and, you. And I like a reader's choice because it comes from readers, not from yeah. editors right. or other authors or whatever. I, I love right. reader's choice awards. 
So yeah. anyway, I yeah yeah that's so cool because you know a lot of and forgive me but awards can be awards in general they can just be so political they just can be yeah. so political and yeah. yeah I'll just leave it at that so good, good I know for you I that know. is so cool <laughs> Con- contests are good for you uh, are a they're they're not, it doesn't mean you're the best if you win a contest. It's correct. They're it subjective. could mean all kinds of things. Yeah, yeah. they're subjective yeah. to the to the people. And for readers to choose it, I was like, okay, yeah, that's great. That's great. Um, yep. Okay. How, what's the longest mm-hmm. time it's taken for you to uh, record a book? About, oh, about well, what? Probably, probably the longest has been like a month. And that's just heart-stopping in some respects to me. I am so slow working on my own. When I would do a book in a studio in L.A., you know, um, Uh I'd do my prep, and then I'd go in, like, on a Monday, and on Friday we'd be done. (laughs) But that's because they're they're just two completely different ways of working. If you're in a studio with an engineer and a director, um, when when I was working like that, I could I was free to just focus entirely 100,000% on my performance. And if yeah. I'm in my booth at home and it's just me, I have to think of everything, not just my performance, I have to think of and even though I'm I'm very blessed because I work with, you know, I have outside editors who I send the stuff uh-huh. off, but I don't just send them I don't send them a raw audio file at all, you know. I clean it the heck uh-huh. up before before I send yeah. it to anybody yeah. and 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 it's just it's just different because you know i'm i'm not even i'm not even thinking about who the listener is and this is horrible for a, a narrator to confess but i'm just telling you in my booth i am thinking i'm i'm in the story i'm thinking about the story i'm thinking about you know i'm thinking about who's on the page and what i'm you know i'm just i'm in the story but <laughs> when i when i'm this is just i'm thinking about this um, working in la with an engineer on the other side of the glass like I wouldn't be thinking about the engineer, but I know he's there. You can't not know he's there. So in a way, you're reading to him, you know. And and, yeah. and because I didn't have to touch any buttons, I didn't have to, you know. All I'm doing is turning pages and reading. To me, that is so ideal. <laughs> I love working yeah. that way. Now, mind you, after about four years of working in my studio at home with no outside director or engineer. Um, you know, and I'm just, you know, in charge of everything on this end. I'm, I'm getting definitely more accustomed to it. It's just, it's just slower work. That's all. It's just, it's uh-huh. just, it's just slower. And right. um, I, and I'd rather be slow, I guess, and give it my best than then, you know, try to do it fast just for the sake of getting something out quickly. I mean, I do, I have deadlines and I, I get it out by the deadline, <laughs> but, but, but I need, yeah. I need, you know, my deadlines well, are, are pretty big. They're like three weeks, four weeks, whatever, because you also, there's other things going on. It's not just books. Oh, yeah. They're, you know, my life, my life consists of, of auditions and, and sometimes, hi, you've reached the offices of the Corvallis Clinic, blah, 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 or whoever, you know, it just depends yeah. on, you know, who needs what yeah, and we, what's going on. And then, and outside of work, there's also life. <laughs> so well, um, when I did, when yeah. I did, I, I made it a practice when, when, when I did the first book, you know, they said, you know, to give the, 
the uh, talent uh, mm-hmm. a deadline for the first so many whatever, and then a deadline so. to finish mm-hmm. the rest. Uh-huh. Well, I thought, oh, I have no idea. So I just contacted oh, right. her and said, uh-huh. what would you feel comfortable with? Of course, I had already, she had already done the little the little thing uh, for to, for me to hear the sample of, of her voice and that kind of thing. But mm-hmm. I said, what would you feel comfortable with? And she told me, and I I always go with that for the talent. After that, I've done that. Uh, what I have the talent tell me before I I do the contract with the deadlines in it, because the talent person knows, like you say, what their life is full of, mm-hmm. and knows how much time they have to spend on my book. You know what I'm saying? So I always yes, I do. Take, take the talent into consideration. I don't just and give arbitrary talent, deadlines. I, yeah, I'm sure the people you've worked with have been very appreciative of that, truly. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Good call there. Well, Good call, definitely. <laughs> okay, we only have about four minutes. Uh, what uh, sort of preparation to, do you do when narrating a book? Well, uh, one thing I learned early on is that uh, it's absolutely vital to pre-read. And you would think that would be obvious to anyone, but um, (laughs) I've I've heard actually of household name narrators who um, didn't bother (laughs) to pre-read a book and found out on page, you know, 214 that an actor or not an actor, a character's written with a list for something that I, I don't actually, I mean, maybe they were exaggerating, but they basically had to redo a whole big wampin' chunk of stuff. And uh, that's no fun. Um, the first book no. that ever I did, uh, <laughs> the first book that ever I did, I was not given the opportunity to pre-read it. Um, I actually auditioned over the oh, phone wow. on a Thursday. Yeah, this was in 2000. And, and it was, you yeah. know, things were a little different. <laughs> it was kind <laughs> of new I, then. I yeah, um, I mean there were there were uh, books on tape, literally. <laughs> but um, yeah, but uh, and I can't even remember how this came to me. But I just remember that I I received an audition opportunity and it said, you know, you know, here's what what you need to prepare. It was a, a piece from um, Interpreter of Maladies. It's a Pulitzer Prize winning collection of short stories by Jhumpa Lahiri. I think it might have been her debut, but it, it was huge and apparently highly anticipated. But thankfully, I didn't know that at the time, or I would have been <laughs> too intimidated to even audition. So I read this, you know, I read, I prepped. It was, you know, a little light East Indian accent, and, and I, I just, I prepped it, I read it, and and then I got a phone call, um, and they said, can you be here at our studios on Monday? And so I went to the studio on Monday, and that was at the home of Bob and Deborah Dion, who are Dion Audio. Bob is now uh, in heaven, actually. He's been he passed away a couple of years ago, and but they're huge, huge publishers. And I uh, I walked into their walk-in closet and and yeah. to record. He was yeah. This was this was my first book, but my point is, um, so I didn't have an opportunity to pre-read it. I was doing a show in L.A. Um, and so in the evenings, and I, I had a small role, so I, I had a fair amount of downtown, and I was uh, downtime, and I was backstage reading, reading, reading through Interpreter of Maladies, and you know, kind of preparing for my next day's recording. 
but um, that's not ideal. <laughs> so not right. ideal. Right. Um, my, I actually prefer uh, to read a book through the first time just to know what is going on, you know, and then to have the luxury if I have the time, which this is actually better, um, to the second time mark my copy, um, note any questions. I also I write down, you know, where the character first appears and every descriptive word that the author gives me about the character. If what I'm what I'm learning, especially since working on my own, especially since, uh, is that the more I prepare, the quicker the recording will go. The, yeah. the more prep I do in advance of getting in the booth, the better uh-huh. for me. And I do know. Okay. You know, yeah. We're, oh, we're getting we pretty. No, we're getting pretty close. I just want to thank you. This has been very oh. interesting. I guess I should have set this. We usually do half-hour shows. I guess I should have set it to 45 minutes or an hour for you and I to talk. Well, bless your heart. I honestly did not it. think it. I didn't think a half hour could fly by so quickly. But yeah. wow! Yes, what what a blessing this has been. Thank you it's so been much. Fun. Yeah, well, I've, I've I've enjoyed the time we've spent together, and uh, I I you. hope we'll stay in. I hope we'll stay in touch. I will. I'll I email like you about sending you a copy of the book because I can do it in various ways, and we'll figure out what we want to do. So thank you well, very much. That'd be wonderful. Oh, Lena, bless you. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, you're welcome. Uh, you've been listening to the Lena Nelson Dooley Show on the Along Came a Rider, an Along Came a Rider Blog Talk Radio Network. Thank you. Mm-hmm.